We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back. In your lives, we got Ackerman, of course, Fern. Book of Fern is coming out soon to be released on Amazon. Fern. It's just full of just full of nonsense. And young Katie, talk to me about those back to school picks, Fern. Your daughter, how many how many other seven year olds does she have? I just, I just don't understand account? why my kids can't be normal. I just don't. I can tell you fifty uh, percent of the reason. Right, my wife. <laughs> yeah, Jess is holding that shit together. But does Chaplin not go to school? Yeah, he's like, what, two? No, he's two and a half. Well, yeah, he's two and a half. He goes to gymnastics. That, that's not school. Right. That's, but he doesn't go to school. He just goes to gymnastics. So he's not going to be really smart, but he's going to have pull-ups early yeah. on in life. It'll be like his father. <laughs> Regional athlete, 2030. Um, what goes on? Is he in gymnastics for two-year-olds? Because I want to get... Oh, it's just nonsense. He just he just runs around and jumps on things. Like he just runs around, jumps in the pit, you know, climbs on the the little ladder things, you know, you know, flirts with all the girls. Hey. That's what he does. Sounds, sounds a lot like my life, just jumping into pits and flirting with girls. <laughs> now I want to get Madison into gymnastics. We had Emily Rolf on the podcast recently and she was a former you know high level gymnast before becoming a games athlete and she was just talking about you know the, the positive impact it had on her life and some tips for me so i'm excited about that it's I, I think i think gymnastics is i think all kids should do gymnastics for some duration as a young kid you know so like um we took logan to uh i posted a picture of her last night but we took her to do the indoor skydiving yesterday oh I, yeah i commented which was which is a little alarming just because she weighs, you know, four pounds. Like, she just, like the, up like Willy dude, Well, the first, the dude, like he was like, he had her under, underneath his arm and he like brought her in there and he was like looking at dude controlling. He was like, turn the wind down, man. He was like, this kid's just going to dart through the ceiling. <laughs> um, but she, she's up but yeah, and then there she goes. No, but she, I was actually uh, really impressed and I don't get impressed by much. Uh, mostly because I hang around you, but the, I was really impressed by her body awareness in the wind tunnel like she she did she, number one way better than you jay like well, that's what i i commented on jess's post i was like and she was probably better than me jess was like probably i was like nope definitely de- definitely uh like she knew how to you know she knew that she was supposed to grab the doorway to get out of the tunnel you know well, when they, when they float her. yeah that was the first mistake um, not, really kind of, not paying no. attention at, at the beginning was my first mistake. <laughs> that was your first I went so, to the bathroom during the safety video dude it was hilarious so the you know my she's she's amelia bedelia right so the the instructor get there and kudos to this guy young guy great instructor really good with kids and i found he coaches the kids like uh course there afterwards but he's he's up on the he's up on the little stool where he's like going over the body shapes and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, guys, remember you want to, you want to get big and long and spread out. Cause if you tuck, then you're just going to dive right down to the bottom. And Logan goes, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Smart call. Smart call. <laughs> uh, I was like, correct. <laughs> Nobody here is going to die. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, my buddy, who's the general manager there, he came in uh, yesterday. He was like, hey, Logan, good to see you. And he was asked, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, 70. He's like, he's like, when? Uh, he goes, when do you turn eight? And she goes, on my birthday. And I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, gotcha. <laughs> um, Nailed it. Nailed it. Smart. No, but so, but so, but going back to the body awareness, like she, uh, a did actually do some flying by herself. Like, no, like the instructor wasn't holding her, but he was, he was, uh, coaching her and she was doing a really good job, like, you know, following directions and like moving her head and her hands where he was telling her to, um, Chappie on the other hand, uh, no, like a putting my son in a, in a, in a flight suit is hilarious. And you've never seen a kid who wants to put on a helmet more than this guy. Like he just wants to wear a helmet all the time and he probably should wear a helmet all the time. But dude, she came out and he like darted into the tunnel. Like we couldn't even grab him fast enough. Like luckily the instructor was like there and just like caught him, but he was like in there, like flailing around. We tried to put him in there the second time and he was like not having, I thought he was thought it was going to be way more fun and basically got in there and he just had like a look of shock the entire time. Um, But at one time he gave us like two thumbs up. (laughs) He was like, um, but they do stuff like that. So I think gymnastics is a great way to just develop kinesthetic awareness for kids. You know, you know, however you feel about, you know, competitive gymnastics, I'm not a huge fan of it, uh, for a couple of different reasons, but, um, I think the value of gymnastics outside the realm of competition is insanely beneficial. You know, and that was something coach Glassman always used to say is that, you know, if, if I can create this perfect athlete, it would start with gymnastics as the foundation. Right. We know when it came to as a child, obviously the hierarchy looks a little bit differently, but you know, gymnastics is below weightlifting, which is, you know, not how most people treat it once they get a little bit older, but if you have that background, I mean, Emily Rolf was a great example. Like if you're doing pull-ups as a teenage girl or even guy, like all of a sudden, because that's for most females, especially, where the biggest deficiency is as they get involved in CrossFit. Uh, yeah, it's probably the number one thing females ask for when they come in the gym. And it's not because females are weak. It's just because pe- they just stop doing them at some point as youth because people are like, you should, you know, nobody tells them anymore that you should continue to exercise and get strong. It becomes like for the boys, air quotes. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's no reason they shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to if they continue to just do that as a kid because most kids can pick up things like pull-ups pretty quickly when they're little a because their weight ratio and all that stuff just it like is in their advantage but um it's pretty easy to develop strength as a as a youth um but yeah i think it's i think it's great and then finding different ways to you know sevon does a great job with his kids you know like he's always has his kids doing like all sorts of stuff like tennis and golf and jujitsu and skateboarding and like all just i mean nonstop. um and I, you know, like that's an interesting little experiment that he's got going on there. Like, because I wouldn't, you know, Sevan is probably, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't throw him in like the great athlete category. However, I would venture, I would, if I was to place a wager right now, those little kids are going to be athletic, like well, really I think, athletic. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You've got much older kids than I do, but the number one thing is eliminating that fear. Well, fear and play. Right. This is uh, like just letting kids learn to navigate the world and understanding fear and understanding like how to how to do their own 
self-evaluations and calculations on things and then letting them sort it out like jumping and climbing and all those others and all that other stuff like they're 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 fairly adept at like learning new things like just the way the brain works as a youth but but then physically they can learn new things very quickly as well um and the more skills that they have you know it's the same as crossfit and and this is why i get uh, a little annoyed with with parents specifically who who go single sport really early they there's a lot lost in that scenario. A lot of people are like, well, it's way more to be gained. And I'm like, if statistically, if you look at a lot of the division one and, and athletes that do that, a, a huge chunk of them are multi-sport athletes. And there's a tremendous amount to be gained by playing multiple sports, particularly as a youth. At some point it does become like, you should probably specialize, right? There, there's definitely a point where there, there's a fork in the road there, but you know, through elementary school, middle school, and probably even the early parts of high school, it, you should have them playing multiple sports um, for a lot of reasons, but that's exactly what Emily said. I asked her like kind of what attributed to the fact that you got so involved and cared so much about it. She's like, my parents didn't push me in this direction until I wanted to. And that was more like right. 12, 13, right. You know, where at that point she's actually maybe a little behind, but because she's still loving it, right. Still excited by it. She's putting more effort into it. Yeah. And some of it is, you know, some people are going to be a little bit hurt by this, but, but a lot of that, those that's parents projecting onto their kids. Like oh, well, they want yeah. their kid to be the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, no, probably not, you know? Um, but just instead of just finding out what they're good at. So like she's played at uh, different sports, like soccer and stuff like that. And she got in the wind tunnel yesterday. I was like, you, you're like, you're pretty good at this. And if you enjoy it, like that will parlay its way into something else. Right. But just developing that, that awareness, um, is super beneficial. What you, what you do with it afterwards is completely up to you, but like finding some that they can enjoy and develop confidence and develop in the, just the general idea of learning, um, is super important, which is kind of in line with today's topic anyway. So, yeah, well, before we get to the topic at hand, um, it's, it's been a week now cause we recorded this, you know, a week ago, but box breakdown is officially on YouTube, right? Katie. Yep, it is. We're releasing them in segments. Uh, episode one went up last week, episode two this week. So very yeah. cool. Uh, great feedback on that. Everybody wants to know some of the ins and outs of what's going on at CrossFit, right? Fern obviously runs a very successful box. And a lot of it is just the little things that he did well. We hear probably almost honestly, what, like a couple of times a week these days, Fern, about like the sign that you have about hanging out, like all the little things you're doing is how you create culture and community at your box. Yeah. And then it, and my box is by no means perfect. I, I would consider it probably like 50% of the way down there. I think there's a lot of things we do there. Well, and then there's other things that I'm not super happy with. Um, so I think it's just something like that, but the, uh, an interesting book is, uh, broken, broken windows. Yeah. Broken windows, broken business. Um, and it, uh, the premise of the book is just understanding that, the, the, the fine details matter. Right. Um, and looking at like, is there trash on the floor? Is there, is the window cracked? Uh, is the, is the bathroom dirty? Um, has the equipment, does the equipment need to be maintenance? And this kind of goes back to, you know, uh, that'll, he's like, show me your bathroom and I'll, and I'll tell you how the business is doing like very, very similar to that. Um, so con just constantly looking at it through and Cassidy read it first and he was like, uh, well, one of our members gave it to us. Who's a, a pretty, so he runs a couple of car dealerships, but 
the um he's like hey you should read this book and then so cassie read it and then he gave it to me and i was like oh yeah this is great just like really really being super critical um because your clients are whether you realize it or not well and i think it goes back to the, that i mean the, the the theory of the broken windows is that's how a lot of these neighborhoods that eventually become run down start correct right? and they talk a lot about that yeah they talk a lot about that and, and just and it's just like hey um, and most people, because uh, like this was kind of a Rudy Giuliani, really Rudy Giuliani thing in New York when he came in and kind of like um, in, instituted the kind of like broken windows. Uh, it's not a methodology, but like clause, which is like there, there's no, there's no fraction too small to be dealt with. Um, they will all be dealt with, and it's not that those fix the larger ones. Basically, just sets the standard for their repercussions for this. Um, and you could look at it the same way in your business is like there are repercussions for that, whether you think you, you know it or not. Um, and they will typically come back to be like big, a big deal. If you're annoying, if you're, uh, ignoring the small things. Yeah. One other thing I want to point out is if you head over to our YouTube channel, if you haven't already, please do please subscribe. Even if you prefer to listen to our podcast, they are all there on YouTube video. Katie does a great job editing and lately we've been having some timestamps done by cody so check that out if you want to skip fern's political rants you can or if you want to find them you can do that also because they are timestamped. i uh i do not do political rants but that's our backup we have a couple backup plans we have a fatherhood podcast if this crossfit thing fails and then we have our right-wing political show So that's where we're going with this. We're but, more like we're more like Crystal and Sager than a right wing. You know, I, I've gotten into them. I think I saw them on uh, Rogan. Yeah, and, yeah. And for me, it's like I do. It goes back to like I don't like history, and I don't really follow politics. And I think part of it is the way in which it's given to you. As oh, it's kid. only given in a, a singular flavor, typically. Yeah. Well, singular flavor and just also in a very boring fashion where right. those two, what's the name of them again? Crystal and Sager. Crystal and Sager. Because I believe. It used to be on the hill, but I know I think it's uh, rising, I think is, the, is what it's called now. Right. But they're on both. They're on both ends of the spectrum. So it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Get that both end. Right. Yeah. And, they, they have a great, good dynamic and they, and they disagree on a lot, which I personally um, appreciate. All right, maybe we do have a little uh, political show. Maybe Thursdays we'll drop a best hour political show. But, you know, speaking of all, I mean, really tying this all in, whether it's the flying experience where I am a level one uh, flyer, uh, so is Katie. No, no you're not. <laughs> well, they gave me a certificate. So well, I got you're, you're, didn't you say Jonathan on it or something like that? <laughs> no, but we do have John. That's probably still in your pickup truck. Probably Jonathan. is still in my pickup truck. Um, but whether it's, you know, that or whether it's just the way in which things are delivered to you and the way you learn, let's dive into the level three. Do you remember taking your level three? I do. Because um, I think it was the first test I'd taken in that format, I think, is, oh, is here, why yeah. I remember it. Because um, the, the CSCS is a, is a similar format as well. Never taken that one. But I'll, I'll give you my story. I'd love to hear yours. You know, being on staff. We, we got access to it, I think a little bit early, but it was like, hey, you know, we want you to take this test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, I'll sign up. Like, I didn't think much about it. And then I was like, okay, I got to sign up for it. And then when I go to sign up, the availability is based on where you're taking it because it's not a test at home, right? You have to go to a testing center. And for me, the literally only opportunity was the very next day. 
So we get this email from Nicole Carroll and I'm like, okay, I'll prepare for it. I'll start like, I'm going to start downloading this stuff. And then I go to sign up and I was like, okay, now I have to take it tomorrow. And I remember I was dating a girl at the time and I promised her we would go to the lake. It was like, you know, June or July in, in the Albany upstate New York area. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm not studying for this thing. And I did minimal, if not zero studying, which I think played to my advantage. I think if I would have been able to sign up for four to six to eight weeks later, I would have been thinking about it nonstop. I would have been trying to watch all these videos, but instead it was like, and this is something we tell people, you, you should know it. Like, this is something you know, right? If you've been involved right. in the CrossFit world, this is your this is your jam. Obviously, a refresher is important. You and I were at a big advantage in that every weekend we're hearing the level one lectures, the level two lectures, mm -hmm. we're watching movement. I was coaching a lot at the time at my affiliates. Um, but one thing Denise Thomas said in our coaches development group was, the people that do well are the people that stick to CrossFit. You know, they don't go down the rabbit hole of powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strongman, uh, endurance. They're like, we do CrossFit. And those are the people that wind up being successful. So, I, 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 yeah, I think this is always a weird one for me to answer. And I may have said this on the podcast before, but like people have asked me about that before. And they're like, hey, did you know, like, how did you study for the level three? And the short answer, and this is not to suggest that I'm smart at all, but the answer was like, I didn't, I didn't study. I was just nerding out on the content all the time. So when they got there, I was just like, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to study. I was like, I've been just, I've just been learning these things forever at this point. You know, I had a, back in the day I had, a, um, I went through the journal and I had like pulled down and downloaded all the videos off the journal. So this is probably 2013 probably. Yeah. I had downloaded all the videos from like five years prior to that. And I had categorized them by, you know, level one, level two, the type of movement, the nutrition videos. And I would just watch them on a rerun. And it was, you know, it was, it was probably north of a hundred videos. Um, you know, well, it was hours of content. I'll tell you that. And, you know, when I was part of how I learned to coach was, you know, I'd watch some of those snippets from like old level twos, you know, stuff that was just like Boz was in there. Austin Begeebing was in there. Just like really, really old videos at this point that are probably from, you know, early 2000s, like 2009, eight, probably. And I would just watch the video and I would just do what they did when, when that thing came up. And that's how I kind of like a lot of how I learned how to coach was just watching those videos. Um, and then the rest of it was like the book stuff. It's like learning the theoretical hierarchy for the development of an athlete, learning the, you know, learning programming, understanding fitness and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I got there, I was, I was essentially prepared at that point. I had been programming, I'd been training, I'd been coaching movement. So it was like, what, what more was I going to do? I've, I've been, I've been prepping for five years, essentially. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. Cause I always say I didn't study, but you're right. Like I had done the same thing. Like over the years, especially as we were both interning for the seminar staff. I mean, right. I remember watching Justin Berg teach the overhead squat. I remember watching right. Andy Stumpf teach uh, the air squat, like these old right. videos. So, you know, while I didn't necessarily study specifically for that exam, I've been studying. And I think, you know, when, when people ask us, hey, what should I do to prepare for the level three? First and foremost, it's be coaching. You need to be in the affiliate. You need to have that time under tension and you need to be putting in those hours. Yeah, that. So there's, 
it's been so long as I've taken it. So number one, like nobody can guarantee that you're going to pass the level three. Right. Um, I, we've, it's been so long. I couldn't even tell you what the questions are. Like, not that I would, but I, like, I couldn't recall if I wanted to, what was in there. Um, but the, the coaching thing is important. I think that's where a lot of people get hung up when they're watching the, when they're watching the videos and watching movement videos is hard enough versus real time. But then if, if you're struggling to see movement in that environment, when you're under a time crunch, um, in a kind of an, in a kind of a two dimensional, um, format can be overwhelming. Right. And if you're not used to looking at movement, you're going to get quickly, a lot of things will drown out what you should be seeing, you know, or, and you're so busy looking that, that you're just like, then standard, you don't read the question. You're like, what's the common fault in the group or something like that, you know? So just weird things like that, where you can look at a, a short snippet of video and be able to dissect it very quickly um, to, to kind of eliminate things that are not important. Same thing with questions about programming. It's just like, if you're, if you don't do a lot of programming, you, you can get caught up in the weeds and, and programming questions instead of just answering the question through the lens of CrossFit or GPP. Yeah. And that's it. I think the big thing is once you're actually sitting at the exam, it's, you know, take your time, don't rush, go through, answer the ones you're positive about, go back through and mark off, you know, I, I need to revisit these questions, but look at it through the lens of CrossFit, look at it through the lens of what you already know. Too many people, I think this is just in general with test taking, try to overthink it. It's like the answer's in front of you. The, one of the answers is correct. Which one makes the most sense through the right. lens of we do CrossFit? Right. That's the one I think is, is if, you just, if you just approach the test like that would be massively beneficial. Like just through good old fashioned CrossFit, what would be the answer? Yeah. And, and again, if you're, if you're putting your time in at the box, you're thinking about those things. One thing I would say is if, if the level three is your goal one day, watch something every day, like, like anything else. Right. And it doesn't have to be long, you know, decide I'm going to do one thing, whether it's watch a video, read an article, listen to a podcast. I'm going to do one of these things every single day, you know, maybe five or six days a week, take a day off, get away from it. I find that that helps let it sink in a little bit better. Right. And then, and then from there, just, just chip away, commit to it. Obviously if you're taking the level three, it means you have your, I believe it's 750 hours of coaching. So you know what we're saying it's 1500. If you don't have a, uh, um, if you're doing it like a, in a traditional strength and conditioning format, 1500 of, of coaching hours in that collegiate, I believe it's collegiate. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was yeah. a difference there. Yeah. Right. Which obviously kind of goes back to what we said, like put the time in coach 750 hours, 1500 hours. That's a lot. So take some time, read every article. I would tell you this, like typical test taking advice. Don't cram right. The last day you should right. probably be pretty chill, pretty relaxed. You know, maybe just watching another video. I, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I know CrossFit released all of the lectures. Oh yeah. So they rolled out a couple different bundles, right? So you can purchase access to the lectures that were in the level one course content. Um, uh, I think kind of in perpetuity, I think once you purchase them, you have them for reference. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and then there was something else that they did too. There was something with the level two. 
Was it the lectures there as well? I, I would assume it's both lectures, but yeah, maybe if, it's both if lectures. If you're taking the level three, I've not seen those, but I've you know seen. Why don't we? We didn't even do those, did we? Level two, there is no online level two. There's no online, but I think they may have recorded the lectures. Oh, okay. Well, there's definitely you're definitely can can get the lectures from the level one, which is great because that's where a lot of people struggle. Like, like what is fitness is a perfect example. Like that is a, that is a dense lecture and it doesn't, and, and kudos to, you know, the people that do that lecture really well, because you can watching somebody who I, who I think truly understands that con that content, give that lecture makes it seem not that dense right? The information is easy to grasp. Like you, you're, there's some pretty high level, um, concepts in there or, or deep, right? Like the metabolic pathways is, I don't know if it's necessarily high, but it's not, it's not shallow. Right. But then see so the other concepts are deep and understanding of that, um, is important with regard to like how we view fitness, you know, going back to like, uh, previous episode where we were talking about just like definitions are important, you know, like definition of CrossFit and, and what that means. And then definitions in that lecture are, um, pretty profound in in my opinion. And I think being able to go back and listen to that over and over and over would be massively beneficial. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like cheating. Like we, we, and I mean, we basically did that when we were preparing, right. And right. again, like you said, it's, it's, I'm sure if you're taking the level three, obviously you've taken your level one and two, and you probably paid fantastic attention, but it was five years ago and you heard the lecture. Right. 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 Maybe you've taken the course a second time. I mean, it was in great. I mean, to the point right now, if I said, Fern, give the, what is fitness lecture, right. You have a whiteboard behind you and you would do a fantastic job. Right. That it's right just, that's how, that's how well, you know it. And really an unfair advantage but now it's an advantage that anybody can have because all the all the study well, materials they have I disagree there. I disagree that it's unfair you know well like I don't saying, mean that's it's like unfair in the sense that at the time unless you wanted to pay to be at a level one every weekend which we were doing for a living we were just immersed in it where at the time your average person taking the level three couldn't access that now they can Right. But, it, but when we took that, like that wasn't really the case. Like we, you, I took it, I think I took it. We took it in 13. Right. We got hired in 13. You know what I, you know, I maybe it was 14. Maybe it was, maybe it was 14. Maybe it was you know 14. What I'll, do? I'll go look at my level four right. certificate. Yeah. I printed, I printed one day. out here too. I just put my name on a piece on a certificate and I was like, look at, look what I did, mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll go look at my level four. And but the point is, is just like that. If, 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 if you want to feel good about the level three, like that, he just walked away because he couldn't deal with the ridicule. The, um, the, the look. July 7th, 2014, 14. Yeah. Cause I, I, we were on staff at that point, but I, I knew it wasn't long. Um, but, but the point was it's not unfair. Just think about the amount of time that we put in to get to that point. And had I, had I taken it prior to being on staff, I still think it would have passed. Did, did I have the good, the good fortune of like ha having to, you know, get to really study the lectures and stuff like that? Yeah. But you could do that. If you opened up your level one trainer guide, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Sure. And you know, unfair, you're like, you know, you're harping on this one word. I'm sorry, Fern. I use the book of Fern. Listen, I appreciate unfair. it. Listen, uh, listen, acknowledging uh, when you made a mistake, I think is an important part of having a healthy relationship. So I appreciate that you, I did not take that personally, by the way. You write this down, Katie. That's going in the book of Fern. Yeah. So, 
but point is whether it's unfair or just, Hey, we, we busted our butt doing it. If you're considering your level of three, it's a necessity to listen to all of our podcasts. <laughs> then after doing that, listen to all 450 episodes. You will be dumber. Then, you will be dumber for having done so. <laughs> go download the level one lectures. And, and I think honestly, you would be very prepared. I, I know I'm joking. You can pass the level three simply from listening to our podcast. Uh, number one, you can't make that statement. Number two. That is a bold statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, just from uh, just from a uh, legality standpoint, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to retract that because you cannot say that. Um, I retract uh, it. I yeah. retract it because Bernie you. is the word legality. Yeah. Um, uh, which Jay, by the way, has no idea what that means, but it just sounds frightening. Sounds um, frightening. You said ality. Yeah, yeah, ended with I T Y. The um, so the but the point being is that. I think people are more hip to it now, which is like, if you're going to pass the level three, you got to put in some serious time. Like, it's not just like, whatever. It's not just like I registered for the course on that. I would take it. Almost everybody that I know that's done that has failed it multiple times. Just like, didn't take it seriously because they thought their level of knowledge or the depth and breadth of their knowledge was far less than what they realized. And it's just like, oh, I, I really need to like dive in deep here and have like a true understanding. So my, my recommendation for everybody is deep dive as much as you can, and then take singular con- uh, uh, concepts from the level one trainer guide, and then see if you can teach them to somebody in five minutes. You know, this is, this, this is one of those things where like, I've, I've learned some things about simplifying concepts like intensity by teaching it to hundreds of people in the onboarding process. You know, this, this kind of really vague, big monster of, of intensity, we, we realize that it is mathematically, you know, uh, a very um, uh, objective concept, but that's not how most people perceive it. And if you're going to try to teach somebody about intensity and, and, and break out, you know, a calculator, that, that's not going to land well for the average person who doesn't care. So you have to, you have to find other ways to communicate this idea of intensity and, and do it very simply and, and, and in a very, not, but not both simply, but sim- simple and brief. Yeah. So we're like, Oh yeah, I get it. Okay, cool. And, you know, going back to what you said, it's like the old Michael Scott, like teach to a five-year-old. Right. So I, I think if you can do that with some of the broader concepts of CrossFit, you'll be at a great place. Yeah, like when Cassidy was, uh, when he was taking it, because he took it twice. Um, but with the second time he did it, I, he would be like, "Hey, what about this?" I'm like, "Cool." I'm like, "Teach me about the, uh, the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, and do it, and do it, pretty quickly." I don't want you to be in a hurry, but like, you should be able to get to it like pretty quickly. You should be able to teach me the concept within in, inside of five minutes. And and that, to my to our point earlier, like most listeners to the show, like, "Hey, sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, teach it to us." I'm sure you have an idea of what it is. You remember, oh yeah, somebody at my level one wearing a red shirt talked about it. They drew this on the board. Can you teach it? Think about those big concepts. You know, think about the what is fitness lecture, the 10 general skills, the hopper model, the continuum, you know, what is health? Um, You know, the, the metabolic pathways, like Fern mentioned earlier, right there, we just, that was five things that you should know. Yeah, no, like, really quickly like if you you should be able to if you're listening to this you should be able to write down the 10 general physical skills i bet you challenge right now pause this write down the 10 general skills most people can't right it's right 
and again, it's one of those things where, again, you know, going back to it wasn't unfair, but we studied and we studied not right. with the purpose of passing your level three. We studied with the purpose of, you know, being a better coach, getting on staff, et cetera. And, and really, if you want to take this job seriously, and um, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I, I was going to mention. But you do. But, but you yeah, do. going to. I blame, I blame the coaches of the world equally for the lack of professionalization of CrossFit coaches. And here's what I want to say about that. So many people out there, other mentors, other coaching groups, put it only on the box owners, right? Here's the deal. As coaches in general, you do not have to accept what that box owner presents you. And too many coaches are just like, I want to be a coach so bad that I'll work for free. Okay, I'll work it off my membership. I'll do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, stand your ground. Hey, I just took my level one. Hey, I'm going to coach my butt off for you. I want $20 an hour. I want $25 an hour, right? It's, it's, it's the same principle in, I, you know, and the reason I started to think about this was the UFC. As you guys know, I'm a big, you know, I love watching the UFC and all mixed martial arts. And it's everyone's dream to make it to the UFC. Well, guess what? Some of these other organizations, although they're smaller, are paying you better. So you have to decide, do I want to be in the UFC or do I want to be a fighter that you know makes a living and supports my family? And the same thing happens in the affiliate world. Hey, CrossFit Rife is a great box, but they're going to make me coach 12 classes this month just for a free membership. This smaller box down the road is willing to pay me 20 bucks. Well, then go there. And obviously that's not the case. Rife takes care of their coaches and you're one of the boxes doing it well. But oh, no, I don't pay my I don't pay my coaches. Yeah, right. They all work for free. Cassidy just rolled up in a BMW. I saw him. So, Did he? <laughs> no, he, robbed, he robbed somebody. I don't know a lot about cars. That might have been a Ferrari. Um, but the point is, you know, coaches, you need to take ownership in your own life there too. And it's knowing your value and being willing to, to stand up for it. So stop only blaming the affiliate owners of the world. Too many coaches become married to their affiliate and it becomes a very unhealthy relationship. And you wouldn't stand for that in the real world. You shouldn't you know, be with your wife, your husband, or a friend. You shouldn't stand for it at work either. I get so many messages, Fern, about, you know, my box doesn't give me feedback and the coaches don't do the programming and, you know, what should I do? I'm like, go to a different freaking box. Yeah. This is probably just a generalization, but just this, the idea that, that none of us are walking around, you know, shouldering any amount of, of blame for our current scenario is silly, you know, Extreme ownership, right? Jocko right. Yeah. It's just like, hey, listen, nobody's, nobody's, they're not, the box isn't like showing up at your house and be like, close that book. Don't read that. You know, they're not saying like, don't you dare write a lesson plan. You know, it's the same thing we talk about at the level two or that I talk about at the level two. Typically when I do the breakouts is like, listen, you, there's no reason for, to show up at your level two and not know the points of performance and the progressions cold, like cold. Like, what are the points of performance? And if you start with feet, wrong. Stand, right? stand up tall. Uh, yeah, uh, feet underneath that. Nope, that's not it, right? Like, again, just like putting in a minimal amount of effort there, uh, like to know that kind of stuff, which is the same thing as a 10 general physical skills. And it's not about memorizing the 10 general physical skills. It's about if I memorize the 10 general physical skills, I will start to understand the real takeaway of that concept. 
which is balance and understanding you know, the difference between organic and neurologic and why those are important and which ones blend over and how that carries over into the overall methodology of CrossFit, which then layers into programming, you know, which is the same thing as understanding the points of performance. Well, that layers into your plan for walking out on the floor and like, how am I going to coach, teach, see, and correct this movement? It's not about the points of performance, but if you don't have those, like that's the, that is the baseline level of entry information that you have to have to start that whole process and understanding it's like neutral spine, weight in the heels, line of action, knees track the toes, depth. That, that's it. Like you just need to know those things if I'm talking about the air squat, right? So it's, it's, you have to put in the work to do those things. And I know it's not cool. It's not Instagram worthy, right? How about this? Here's a challenge. I want you guys to post the most non-exciting, least Instagram worthy post and tag best hour of their day in it. Of, are you combing your beard right now? Right. Listen, I was saying some pretty profound shit and you're over there combing your beard. I was you know. listening. It's just <laughs> relaxing me while I'm listening. But post that, like post, open up your level one trainer guide, like post, like writing that down, write down the points of performance, write down the progressions. You, you will be a better coach because of it. And this is how you start down that path of really deep diving into these other concepts like intensity and really, you know, being, being armed with the ability to have like a logical sound discussion about CrossFit because people are like, oh, they all, all they care about is going uh, fast and, and moving heavy weight. And I'm like, we do care about those things. It is absolutely not the only thing that we care about. Right. But we absolutely care about that because of its relationship to power output and power output relationship to your overall fitness and fitness relationship to your overall health. Right. Like there's a very direct line between all of those. Right. It's not like it's not like a maze. Like that's a very linear uh, path in order to like walk down that line and how intensity has a, a, a technique has an, a direct effects all the way over to your health. If you know that, you're probably okay to take the level three. If you could walk that dog very quickly across all four of those concepts, like you're good. You know, and you guys know that I'm an influencer. So if you go on my Instagram, I did post something. I think it's like I set my Instagram in advance, but before this episode goes up, one of the posts I had was if you can't name the nine, the points of performance for the nine foundational movements, you don't deserve to be coaching. And it's not just about the fact, part of it is like, Prove to me that you care about this shit, right? And that is one step in like you showing me like Fern rattled off heels, knees, depth, arch, line of action. Cool. You've spent some time. But the, the bigger truth, and I've said this statement a lot, Fern, tell me what you think about it. The statement that I make is I don't necessarily see movement better than you. I know where to look better than you. But that comes from knowing all those other things. That's my point. Right. I know where to look we're coaching the sumo deadlift type. Well, I know to look at the hips and the elbows for timing. Boom, boom, right? Like, okay, most people, when they coach the sumo deadlift type, well, they're trying to look at the entire athlete where it's like, I know exactly where to focus on any given movement. I know where to stand on any given movement. I know what to say. I've given thousands of cues over the years for those movements. And it's the same thing. I don't want you to know the points of performance of the air squad for the sake of knowing them. But if you know the points of performance in the air squad, it shows me you have an idea. Okay, I should probably look at the feet at some point. And if you look at the feet often enough, you've probably developed a few cues that work well for you to fix someone squatting on their toes, right? So it's not about I'm just learning this for the sake of learning it. You're learning it because it truly makes you better on the floor. And for so many of you, 
you don't get to coach as much as Fern and I did in 2007, 9, 10, et cetera, when we were running an affiliate. You get two hours a week to develop as a coach. Well, take the other, what is it, 196 hours of the, of the week? Is that accurate, Katie? Can you do 24 Probably not. Me? 196, I'm standing by. What is it, Katie? Well, we we know that that's definitely not correct based on four times seven. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it, Katie? Come on. This is taking you way too long. I'm sorry. What was the, how many hours did you say? You said 196. Four times seven. So what times seven? Holy shit, 20. Katie. <laughs> this is why we fired you yesterday. Uh, I get fired every day. Okay, hang on. I've got my phone here, Katie. Don't worry. Oh my God. This is 168. 168. <laughs> I dropped the ball. Yeah. Okay. Eight days a week, 196. Um, yeah. So, point is, you coach for two, take the other 166 hours and get better as a coach, which means studying, learning those things. So, when you show up on the floor, I always explain it as like your eyes are just wider open. Like you see more when you do that. That's But some people, some people are on the floor not, uh, uh, enough, but they're just wasted reps. So we talk about empty reps from a coaching standpoint, which uh, so for those of you who are not uh, familiar with the empty rep concept, the empty rep, which is I call a rep, meaning squat stand, and then nothing happens, meaning I just go right to the next rep. There's no correction. There's no acknowledgement of better movement. There's no, you know, nugget of wisdom in there. Like there's nothing. It's just squat, stand, squat. Cringy. Stand, it's yeah, it's, it's super cringy. You could take that, can't set that same concept and roll it over to coaching. It's just there's a lot of empty classes, meaning I walked in there with no intent for the day. Meaning I used to do this way back in the day. I would walk in, I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm really going to focus on giving tactile cues. I'm really going to focus on working on my visual cues, or I'm really going to spend some time on group management and how I lay the class out and what direction people are facing. And I'm going to try squares and circles and that's how you get better, right? I'm going to write a lesson plan and see if I can start exactly at 36, because that's what I put as my drop dead start time. Like you have all of the tools and the resources to coach yourself. Is it better to have feedback always, but you shouldn't be sitting in this woe is me state saying like, why there's no way for me to get better. Cause I don't have any resources. I'm like, the internet is there or like all the resources you have to get better are there. You just have to put in the work and figure out where to start. Start with lesson planning. Walk in and work on one of the six criteria for coaching. Right? Just one of them. Pick one of them and then dwindle it down to like whatever. Be like, hey, I'm going to try to make sure that I talk less when I teach and use no coach jargon. That that would be an intentional means of walking into a class and teaching that will make you a better coach. And nobody needs to tell you how to do that. Nobody's going to stop you from doing that. Nobody's going to prevent you from working on that for that day. Nobody even has to know. Hey, give yourself feedback. And I mean, the excuse of no one's giving me feedback is uh, nonsensical at this point because everyone—it's a lives- real thing, right? But that you can't—you can only lean on that crutch for so long. Yeah, but my point was going to be: everyone lives within a five-hour drive in the United States of a level three coach. I mean, not a level four coach. I mean, there's a handful of us. Uh, you know, you probably have to fly to Denver to get around one. But we all live close to a really good coach. Is my point. And yeah, you have to make that sacrifice. You have to figure out, like, I'm going to sacrifice something in order to, to progress here. Um, but but this, it's, it's out there. Right. Jersey Tony drove five hours. He literally woke up at three in the morning, and we just reevaluated his coaching in our coaches development group this morning. It was, like, crazy improvement. Like, I, he went, I think I told him on the call, like, you're in the 95th percentile of coaches right now. He's a level one trainer. Like, that's it. 
He's been doing this thing for a few months or maybe a year. And it's just, if you care about something, you put the effort in. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, and I think it's, it's a lot of information. It seems overwhelming, right? People it, want- it, if it can't, it can be, if you look at the whole elephant, right. Which is, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Just like work on the little things every single day. If you only coach five hours a week, cool. Would it be beneficial to coach more? Absolutely. But come in and be prepared for those five hours. Walk in every single day and be intentional about your practice because this is what this is. This is practice. I'm going to practice being a better coach right now and I'm going to have to kind of selectively ignore some other things to work on one aspect of my training and then or my, or my coaching. And then same thing when you're learning some of these conceptual things is like break them down into pieces and see if you can really understand these concepts. Um, they will make you better on the floor. They will solve a lot of these problems that people have with athletes about like, well, I have an athlete that is this. And it's like, right. Because your the lack of communication about what is supposed to happen here isn't what it should be. And that lack of depth of knowledge, whether you realize it or not, is the breakdown between you and the athlete, right? I've yet to see somebody who's like a really good coach have issues with an athlete. It's because they're teaching, like literally teaching people, right? Like how to do this stuff correctly rather than walking out there and facilitating a workout. Those are two totally separate things. When people come into your gym, are you actually teaching them stuff? Like you're teaching them stuff about like what this is for and how their body works and how to get in better positions. And, you know, we, uh, Joe, uh, Joe DeGain just copied me on an email and one of the, um, participants from the level two that we just did wrote us an email. She's like, Hey, I passed level two. And she's like, and I PR my back squat because we spent so much time. And like, you guys taught us like how to get people in a good setup and just like basically changing her foot position. She PR her back squat. She didn't get any stronger between then wow. and now. Well, did she? Well, it depends, but she didn't improve her contractile potential. Right. But she did get stronger. Yeah. Productive application of force. Right. So like, yeah, I, I, I stand corrected. I was using the traditional definition of strength yeah well you know that's the difference level four yeah good so but that's my point right it's like that kind of stuff it matters because because of the result of having that information and teaching somebody like listen i know you like to squat narrow but you'd like to be stronger so maybe let's widen up your stance a little bit and here's why and then give them the reasons why yeah i think you know to tie a bow on it like being a better athlete, like being an affiliate owner, like opening an affiliate, people reach out for advice and they want very black and white answers. And just like that, when it comes to passing your level three, it's not black and white. But what we can tell you is nothing trumps immersing yourself in it and seeking out feedback, seeking out people that are better than you and just chipping away at it. And if you do that, you know, it's a hard freaking test. It may take you one time, it may take you five times, but we promise you, If you put in the work, you will pass. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use 
all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm and ladies there's stuff for you too so head on over to docsparton.com use the code best hour and save 15 percent. you started your business to help others somewhere along the way you lost the capability of doing it on your own imagine how much different your business would be with an extra ten thousand dollars would you pay your rent would you buy new equipment would you pay your coaches more would you pay yourself what if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay.